the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. For those of you who haven't heard the show before, you're welcome to to join us. The show is in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. That's avoiding probate, which is very important in today's times. Because sometimes going through probate could take a very, very long time because the courts are not completely open. And I obviously, I think there's going to be a backup for years to come. So we want to stay out of court. We want to avoid probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, our main issue as far as elder law is concerned is trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion. We're going to focus on politics for the next few weeks. We have... Uh, some primary elections coming up, and we're going to have a general election in the fall. So we're going to focus a little bit on politics over, you know, the next few weeks. And we have a couple of candidates on that you might be interested in, in hearing from. In the meanwhile, though, as you know, most of the time we have one of our lawyers ask one of the questions that comes up on the email, you know, as far as estate planning and elder law. And today we have Alex Whitaker. Alex, uh, let me ask you something. When did you get admitted as an attorney? Uh, so I was admitted April 15th, 2021. That, that date is burned in my memory. April uh, 15th. It would be an easy date to remember because of the tax code. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So you're an attorney, I guess, what, all of three months now. Uh, yeah, quite seasoned. <laughs> yes. All right. But uh, we've been going over some of the email questions. And what's the email question you picked out? Uh, so I picked out a question that says, my son and daughter-in-law bought a house with a granny flat attached. I give to them the money for for the down payment and return. I can live in the granny flat until my passing. My daughter-in-law and I do not always get along. How can I protect my right to live on the property should anything happen to my son? All right. Well, here's the thing. Your son, your son should sign an agreement saying that, you know, that you have a right to reside. Now, if he's one of the owners on the deed, he has the power to do that. So if you have two people on a deed, either one of the owners is is able to sign a lease, lifetime lease, whatever it is. And, and, and let me go, for some people, for the planning purposes. Let's say somebody's going to a nursing home, and there's a danger they may be going to a nursing home, let's say in this case. 
if you have some money and quote instead of giving it to your son and your daughter-in-law you invested in the property let's say for a lifetime right to reside within the property then that's not a gift and god forbid you go to a nursing home a nursing home or medicaid can't really ask for that money back they may question it they may question transaction but it's not really a gift you're making a business deal i'm giving you x amount of dollars in return you're giving me a right to live in this part of the the house for the rest of my life and it's sometimes it's hard but you can put a, a, a monetary value on that and if we do that that's not a gift and you have a right to reside in that apartment it's in writing it's clear and at the same time if you go to a nursing home they can't take the money back now the same principles apply even if you sign after the fact it would be much better obviously if you could get your daughter-in-law to sign but if you can't if you have your son sign and he gives you a lifetime lease, let's say depending on your your age, we might do it as a yearly, you know, lease, uh, ten years or twenty years depending on your life expectancy and so forth and so on. Yes, you want to put something in writing that you have a right to reside and that the money that you gave was not completely a gift. You were paying for the right to reside within the premises, and if you're doing it in advance, doing it right, then again, in effect, we might sign like a lifetime lease on the portion of the premises, the house, co-op, whatever it is. So, yes, it's not a bad planning tool, and sometimes we use that to protect assets for medical bills and nursing home bills. And, of course, um, most of you know the look-back period for home care Medicaid is going to change uh, January 1st, which is, you know, six months away. And at that point, you know, before... January, if you transfer all your assets, if you give you all your assets away today, you can apply for home care Medicaid the next month, the first day of the month following the transfer. January 1st, that's going to change. So in this case, something like this, let's say instead of giving your son $100,000 to help him buy the house, you're, quote, investing $100,000 in the house for the right to reside in part of the property, well, then that's not a gift, and you may be able to apply for home care Medicaid in a, in a relatively short period of time. And I can't stress this enough. If you want to do it right, get the right planning. And it's easy enough to get the right planning if you want. You can give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. So, and it's not hard to schedule an appointment. You call, you'll get an appointment. We do not charge for the first consultation. The initial consultation is free. Everything we do as far as estate planning and elder law, and as a flat fee basis, we don't charge by the hour as far as, you know, estate planning and elder law. Now, Alice, getting back, let, tell the audience something about yourself. Where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up in Bay Ridge right here. And where'd you go to high school? Went to Xavier High School with uh, Mr. Connor's son, Michael, actually. All right. And then... A lot of guys from Xavier seem to be working around here lately. I don't know. I'm losing track. <laughs> you should probably start an alumni association. Yeah, probably could. I don't know what good it would do you, but nonetheless. It would get us socialized, you know? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you, where'd you go to college? Down. I went to Fordham University. Okay, so stayed in the Jesuits there. Yeah, 17 years of Catholic education. <laughs> okay. And law school? Law school. I went to New York Law School. That okay. Tribeca. Yeah. How's, that, how's New York Law School doing right now? Uh, they're going through the motions there, well, says right now. You know, uh, the pandemic has hurt 
a lot of these institutions in terms of getting students acclimated in their first years and then graduating students um, having a normal final semester or full year. Um, but all in all, they're doing as well as, you know, as expected. Uh, and they're getting ready for hopefully, I think, a full opening in the fall. Now, how was it taking the bar exam under the current conditions? What, what was different? Oh, it was miserable. Uh <laughs> It was, uh, well, first off, we had the pleasure of having the bar exam canceled twice while we were waiting for the bar. So we were supposed to take it in July. That got canceled in September, and that got canceled as well until October. Um, And we were more or less the guinea pigs for now what is the common standard, which is the online exam in New York, uh, which is a full um, UBE, which is the Uniform Bar Examination, uh, that is accepted in several states. And we were forced to uh, learn a whole new way of doing exams, and it was not fun. <laughs> you had to do an hour and a half a session each, and you couldn't get up. So if you had an emergency, you're pretty much stuck. So an hour and a half each. So you had yeah. to stay in that. Now, how do, how do they monitor whether you're cheating or not? Yeah, so they had a, a pilot program of virtual proctoring which is exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like police stating. No, uh, it had a, uh, your camera had to be always on, you had to have a camera, and you had to have microphones that could hear you if you were talking. So basically, the computer stood in for an actual live person. I hate to say it, but if I were home, and let's say, like, sometimes I'm on Zoom, and, and the, 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 the sound goes off or something like that, what happens in that case if you're taking the bar? Uh, from what I remember, it was if anything happened that uh, sent up a red flag for the system, you would automatically fail that section. Um, so say you're home taking the, the exam and you get a the doorbell rings. That could be enough for an, a, a failure. That being said, they had humans double check everything. But, you know, if, if you have loud neighbors, you were kind of in the lurch on that one. Because I heard one one of the other guys whose girlfriend was taking the the bar who worked here and and said he had to take sure make sure that the cat didn't you know come <laughs> into the room or something like that during the exam. Yeah, I knew a lot of people who had pets who had to uh, barricade them in far away from them on the other side of the house. Um, it was a it was a it was bizarre experience. It was uh, a little like being trapped in your own house beyond the pandemic because you couldn't get any social interaction uh, during those six hours a day. Now, what is the standardized stuff? Because when I took the bar, it was New York. Yeah. You, know, you, you knew New so, York law. You didn't have to worry about another state. or, or New York has kind of jumped on the UBE train, which is uh, basically run by the uh, Board of Law Examiners for and the NCB, the National Conference of Board Examiners, of uh, Bar Examiners. And uh, they essentially, are, I think, work out of Wisconsin or Minnesota. And they set up a standardized exam that goes through beyond, I think, 30 plus states um, that basically touches upon the basics of several sections of law. And it sounds like the basics will be simple, uh, but the basics are are the breeding ground for everything goes on state by state. So they are very complex to begin with. And uh, so basically you have a MPT section, which is a... uh, you get a case file, you go from there, it's two written parts. You have MEEs, which are based on the, the actual uh, law. You have to memorize that, half an hour section, six questions. And then there's the multiple choice, which is the second day. And then New York adds on nicely a New York law exam, which can be done separately, that's two hours long. If it's two hours long and you got to stay and put for an hour and a half? 
well, the New York Law Exam is a little different. Uh-huh. You, it's uh, considered open book. Uh, so you can have a book in front of you. You can't search while doing the exam itself, but you can have notes. You can have anything you want. And that is not as strictly proctored. World has changed since I graduated from law school. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm glad that's been, you know behind me in the past. Alex, you started working here shortly before you became admitted as an attorney. So, over that time period in the last few months, is there anything that struck struck you here, like working at Connors and Sullivan or meeting the clients that we meet? Yeah, I think um, it is not necessarily what you expect. Uh, from the term law firm because you are dealing with people who really need your help and the people here who work among among uh, myself mr connors really care um i think you see a lot of bad stories with people typically and i think connors and sullivan luckily is not one of those we are have been lucky enough to deal with wonderful people who come in here who are simply looking to protect themselves in the case of anything bad happening and you know i think the term advocate which is usually should be associated with lawyers and sometimes lost on us uh is is definitely in full force here at cars and sullivan okay and you, you know one of the pleasures of, of for me for working at cars and sullivan is all the stories that you know you hear from people you know a lot of times obviously we deal with a lot of senior citizens and all their life stories and what they've accomplished and what they've done and the people they've seen and met. And, in, you know, like it used to be, I remember a couple of years ago, a few years back, I was talking to, you know, some historian, we're talking about World War II. And he says, well, there are not too many World War II veterans around anymore. But, you know, I said, listen, I see a World War II veteran a week. Obviously now, a lot of those guys, unfortunately, have passed away. But, I had the pleasure of, of meeting I don't know how many World War II veterans over the years, and I don't know how many Holocaust survivors I've met over the years. And I mean, again, most of them, unfortunately, have passed away. It's just the nature of life. But that's one of the great things about our job. We get to meet people, and the people are not just statistics. They're human beings who've lived their lives and have their life experiences to tell. And there's so much that you learn just from the, you know, even sometimes growing up in the 50s. You learn so much for so many people. And and, and I think that's one of the, the best parts about working in Cars and Sullivan is, is meeting all these remarkable people day in, day out. Every day, you know, 10 new people are going to walk in the door. And I to me, I'm privileged. I'm privileged to, to talk and meet with all these people. We're going to take a short break and then start talking a little bit about politics. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do 
this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. We all know this is an election year, but, you know, it's not always just people in in the Democratic Party who are running. And our next guest, Bill Pepitone, is running for mayor. Welcome to Connor's Corner. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Now, we also have Fran Vellamarone, who's been on the show quite a bit recently, and, you know, chairperson of the Brooklyn Conservative Party. And and the first question I'm going to ask Fran, Fran... Why did you guys endorse Mr. Pepitone? Oh, thanks, Mike. Thanks for asking that question. Well, we were, we're proud to endorse Bill Pepitone. Um, the Conservative Party of New York City, actually, it's not just Brooklyn, but the entire five boroughs, it was unanimous. We unanimous, unanimously voted for Bill Pepitone to be our candidate in November uh, on the Conservative Party line for mayor. You know, Bill stands for law and order and bringing back the city. And we need to save our city. And the way we're going to do that is starting by making our city safe again. And Bill has committed himself to do that. And I know that he can. As a former police officer for over 20 years, he has the experience, he has the know-how, and he's been out there every day speaking about it, talking about it, trying to convince everybody that he's the right person to change this city around. And we in the Conservative Party believe that to be, be so. Now, Bill, let me ask you something. Why are you running? What, you know, it's it's... What what's the reason? Why are you running? There's a lot of reasons why I'm running, but my real motivation uh, began last summer when I was sitting in my house watching the television and watching the news like so many of us and watched as the city I was born and raised in, city that my family grew up in, was being attacked, looted, uh, torched, uh, police officers attacked, civilians attacked, some of the most expensive and famous commercial real estate in the world being looted. And our elected officials did absolutely nothing. They did nothing. They stood by in silence while our city was destroyed. And it it just angered me. And as a police officer, a retired police officer, to watch our officers stand there just as targets and not be able to do anything to defend themselves or to defend law-abiding citizens and property, it just angered me. And 
with my experience, not only in law enforcement, but I do have some a previous political experience. I said, I have two options. I could sit here, go on social media and vent my frustrations in that manner, or I could do something about it. And I made the decision to actually step forward, step up and do whatever I can to turn the city around because it's been so good to me and my family for so many years. Bill, where did you grow up? I grew up in Gravesend, Brooklyn, uh, Ocean Parkway, 2nd Street area, and I attended uh, Severian High School in Bay Ridge. And then where did you serve as a police officer? What neighborhoods? Uh, many neighborhoods. Uh, right out of the police academy, I went to Patrol Borough, Brooklyn North. Uh, I served the Bushwick, East New York, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, those areas. Uh, I then, after my training, my eight-month training period was over. I served in 6-2 Precinct briefly in Bensonhurst, and I applied for and was quickly assigned to the prestigious Brooklyn South Task Force, which was a citywide mobile response tactical unit. I spent 14 years there, and we uh, responded to some of the most high-profile incidents in the city's history throughout the entire city. After 14-plus years in the task force, I applied to be a tactics instructor in the NYPD Police Academy, and was quickly accepted there and spent five years as a tactics instructor and training coordinator. Now, obviously, things have been different since you've been on the force, since you grew up in Brooklyn. What? How can you describe the, the current crop of, of candidates in the, in the Democratic Party? Well, I believe originally they're very much one and the same. I think a lot of them have taken different approaches recently. Uh, some of the more far-left progressives have tried to come back to the center to try and portray themselves as moderates. Uh, anybody who knows their history or does any due diligence knows that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, the reality is there isn't much difference between any of the Democratic candidates. Uh, none of them are supporters of law enforcement. None of them are supporters of law-abiding citizens. And none of them will be able to make the hard decisions to make New York City safe again. And let me ask you something. Bill de Blasio, how has he affected morale of the New York City Police Department over the last couple of years? He has destroyed the morale of the New York City Police Department. There is no more morale. Uh, we knew right away, and certainly police officers on the street knew right away, that he was not going to be a law enforcement type mayor. He was not going to support the NYPD, but it really boiled over when that group of demonstrators marched through the city a few years ago demanding that they wanted dead cops. And this mayor did nothing about it. He ignored it. And within two weeks, I believe a couple of weeks later, two police officers were assassinated as they sat in their car um, right there. And then everyone knew he was not a supporter of the NYPD. The morale has never been lower. And I've been through difficult times. My father went through difficult times with the police department. I can tell you by talking to police officers on the street, many of whom I've trained back in the academy, there is no morale. Uh, there's no incentive. They feel like they can't do their jobs. And if they do their jobs, this mayor, this city council will go after them to try and not only discipline them, but to try and indict them, to put them in prison and take their jobs away. And you can't keep people safe under those conditions. And what do you think the solution to this is? The, the solution is very, very simple. You need a strong law and order mayor in City Hall, one who will support the NYPD, who will fight to repeal 
the anti-cop legislation that the city council put in place within the last year and a half, uh, someone who stands with them and makes it clear to criminals and anarchists that their days of running the streets are over. They're not going to be able to attack innocent people and burn down stores and property and attack police officers without any, uh, without any, uh, any kind of penalty or any kind of punishment or uh, any kind of accountability. We need that message from City Hall that those days are over, that the city and the streets are being returned to law-abiding citizens, and the police department will be the mechanism to make the city safe again. Now, where can somebody learn about Bill Pepitone? Where can somebody learn about your campaign? Do you have a website? We do, but right now the best place to go is right to Facebook. If you're on Facebook, our most active and interactive page is Bill Pepitone for NYC Mayor. Uh, we monitor that page 24-7. I interact with uh, anyone who has questions with me. I try to get back to them as quickly as possible. We put up all our campaign information, where we're going to be, where we were, and and our message is very, very clear on our Facebook page. So, again, it's Bill Pepitone for NYC Mayor on Facebook. Fran, do you have anything to follow up on this? No, I'd, I'd just like to say that Bill Pepitone is the right man. We need him now in New York City. We need him to bring our city back. And I would hope that everyone would go out in November and vote for Bill Pepitone on the conservative party line on column C and vote for a man that's going to return our city to greatness. He's going to make it safe again. And we're going to be able to be proud that we live in New York City again. Bill, thank you for running. Thank you both. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com.
Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. This year is an election year, and all elections are important, whether you send a message, whether you win an election, but every single election is important, and we respect that, you know, on, on this show. And we have one of the candidates who's running in Brooklyn City Council, Constantine, Constantine Jean-Pierre. I'm sorry. I had <laughs> Don't a worry block. about it. Don't worry about so, it. Okay. Constantine, you're Haitian, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, where do you live right now? I live um, I live in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, born and raised in Brooklyn all my life. Went to college in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I stayed out in Charlotte while I was in school. But I decided to come back to Brooklyn. Came back to Brooklyn and... Um, I've noticed how Brooklyn has changed, and not for the best. Um, and we need to we need to bring Brooklyn back to its glories day. Okay, now I guess that's why you decided to run. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I decided. Usually, my background I've campaigned for a lot of people. I put a lot of people in office, and they let me down. And finally, I made up my mind. I said, "Okay, I'm stop." campaigning for people. I'm going to campaign for myself. I'm going to put myself on the ballot. That way I can guarantee things getting done the way I want it done. Right now, um, a lot of the people who are elected politicians, they've sold our country. They've sold our community. They sold our borough out to the enemy. And unless we take a stand, unless we change the direction or the course our borough is going in right now. Um, I don't see New York surviving. And who, who do you say is the enemy? Who's the enemy? Well, we have forces inside out trying to divide our country. Who is the enemy? Um, I would like to say the CC. I, I, I consider the CCP mm-hmm. people who do not like America. A lot of radical uh, Islamic groups, they do not like what we stand for, America stands for. You have people who look like me, black people, who do not like America. You have white people who don't like America. Who are the enemies? We don't really, we can't really pinpoint and say, okay, this person's the enemy. Hillary Clinton is the enemy. We can't, we can't really say that. But we can, we have an idea you know, who the enemy is. A lot of liberals who demonstrated that they do not like America, those people could be the enemy who's trying to change, like, the squad. Mm-hmm. I think they're the enemy. The squad, uh, they do not fight for America, for what America stands for. They, I don't see that. I don't see evidence of that. Okay. In your mind, what does America stand for? Land of the free, land of opportunity, what America stands for to me, everybody are judged equally, you know, in the eyes of God. That's what, when I think of America, I'm free. Uh, my family's from Haiti, and the opportunities that this country gave in my mother and father, they couldn't get it in Haiti, where I'm from, where and and I've been there. I visit Haiti, and it's a place I like to visit, and I like to help. But I love America, and what I what my parents taught me 
America stood for. I don't see it. I don't see evidence of that. I don't see evidence of that. You know, the love, the passion. Um, America invaded Haiti while my parents was alive, but they still showed support to this country. There was a reason. There's a reason, but today I don't see the love. I don't see the love. The the youth of today, we don't we don't have the same love our forefathers had for this country. I don't see that. Now, with us in the studio today is, is Fran Vell Marone, chairperson of the Brooklyn Conservative Party or Kings County Conservative Party. Fran, why did you guys endorse Constantine? Thank thank you, Mike. Thank you for that question. Constantine represents what the conservative party is all about. You, t- you just talked about it, freedom, opportunity, um, the, the right to, to speak your mind, the, the, the right to have an opportunity to grow and to prosper in, in this country. And we saw that in Constantine when he came before us for an interview. We've supported him in the past when he's run in the past. This isn't the first time. And we know that if Constantine gets elected to the city council, he'll be there to represent common sense values, traditional values that we hold dear and we hope that he'll, he will get in there, get elected, and prove to the rest of the city that somebody like Constantine can come along and show the rest of the city council what the situation is in this city, how it needs to be addressed, that we need to attack crime, that we need to provide opportunities for everyone, and we need to make it a better place for our children and grandchildren to grow and live. Now, Constantine, you must be getting a lot of flack, a lot of abuse for running. Yeah, I mean... Why are you doing it? Um, actually, when I first decided to run for congressman, and I told my family, I told my friends, uh, well, I didn't tell them. Uh, they found out on social media that I was running as a Republican, and a lot of people text me, call me, say, oh, I think somebody broke into your account. And I was like, no, 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 nobody <laughs> broke into my account. It's really me. Um, but I'm fortunate where I have a very good family support uh, the community that I'm from, they know me intimately. Al Sharpton knows who I am. You know, I, I, I go to the National Action Network with my Make America Great hat on. These people uh, know who I am. You know, so uh, they support me regardless of my uh, political uh, background, but they know my motive. They know it, it's all about trying to uh, fix my community. Do I agree with everything the conservative party uh, talk about? No, I don't. But we have a lot of things that we do come together on. We can meet together on and we could say, okay, you know what? Um, I can support you and you could support me. Because the, the, the fundamental things about conservatism, I, 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 I can, you know, identify with as an African-American man. Now, Mike, if I could just say, I'd just like to talk a little bit, if Constantine could just talk a little bit about his background in the community, what you've okay. done, the work that you've done, because I know you've done a lot of work with children, with the youth of the community. Absolutely. For um, as long as I can remember, graduating from, once I graduated out of college, um, I had, I wanted to, I believe, with all my heart, all my soul, that I could change the world. Uh, so I tried to, I started off with, um, in education. I worked as a teacher for 17 years, and I worked with all population, all populations, pre-K 
uh, all the way up to high to college. I work with kids with disability, and I work with kids who were normal. I I I really invest a lot of time on individual kids. I work with kids like Lance Stevenson, Sebastian Telfair. Um, I have a lot of kids who play basketball overseas. I was all about trying to change the world, um, like looking for quality instead of quantity. But in my journey, I saw that me concentrating on just the, 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 the quality, I was losing too much people in the streets. I've been to too many funerals. I know too many kids who fell victim to uh, the, the penal system. And that's what brought me to working with uh, Crossroads, working at Crossroads. I saw a lot of my kids and who I know in the streets through basketball coaching, uh, AAU. I saw a lot of them, you know, at Crossroads. And um, I realized that I had to take my game up a little bit more. That's why right now um, I said I'm going to run for city council because I have to touch I I need to touch more people to create the the change that I know I can uh, get people to 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 achieve. How do you think you're going to accomplish change for the city council? Uh, First things first, um, a lot of people are out of out of work. Okay, so people who are out of work, a lot of times coming from my community, you know, they're going to do what it, whatever it, they need to do to survive. So first things first, we have to create and we have to invite these businesses. We have to get small businesses working again. The second thing we got to do is educate our community. You know, we have to uh, really crack down on that, educating our community. The third thing I think we need to do, we need to go back to um, the plans many of our past leadership did to bring the city to a respectable place. People like uh, Rudy Giuliani, he was very, that was a name that was always spoke about in my household. And my dad loved them. My dad loved them. So I took the, the, I got older. I wanted to realize why was this man, you know, a discussion in my dad's house. And as an adult, I understand why Giuliani was a discussion in my dad's house. I called a lot of my cousins who worked um, in the um, district attorney's office in a Bronx and they told me um, many of the things, many of the policies Giuliani put into place, what worked, what didn't work. And a lot of my cousins told me they liked the broken window policy. So um, that's one of the things that I would bring, uh, I would use to fix uh, Brooklyn, New York, you know, the Brooklyn, but I would, I, I would put limitations. Whereas I would concentrate specifically on guns. We need to get the guns off the streets. That's what I would do. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted to learn about your campaign, do you have a website? Can you tell yes, them what it is? Um, you can go to my, um, you can go to, I have social media, CJP, my initials, 4-F-O-R-N-Y for New York. Go to my social media page. And you could learn. I think you may want to say that again because some people. C J P 
F-O-R-N-Y. Go to my social media page. I have an event coming up uh, uh, June 23rd, BK9's Restaurant. It's right down the block from uh, the Barclays Center. Uh, it's in a community uh, that represent a lot of Haitians and um, Hasidic Jews. So uh, my Jewish brothers and sisters, my Haitian brothers and sisters out there, come and uh, meet your future congressman of the 40th, excuse me, future uh, city councilman of the 40th district. Remember, I ran for congressman. I know you ran for congressman. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Listen, people out there, let's get involved. Everybody's complaining. Nobody voted four years ago. Yeah. Look what happened to us. Yes. It's time to get out and vote, to get involved, make a change. Even if we don't win every election, at least maybe we can start making a change where people, you know, People stand up. Constantine, thank you for what you're doing. And most important, don't forget, uh, voting is not enough. We are going to have to raise money so that we can get the message out. We have to get the message out uh, and let people know that they are not alone. Now, the only way they're going to know that is if we get the message out. Now, that costs funds. We need to raise money. That's the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. The Democrats, they are raising all sorts of money. And and that's putting them in a position to put out their propaganda. You know, and until we meet them where they're at, we're going to continue experiencing the same feelings we did 2020. We lost. Now, if you don't want to lose, we have to support. We have a lot of candidates who are friendly. You have myself, Constantine Jean-Pierre. You have Brian Fox, Eric. But we have a lot of we have a lot of people who are running for office right now on a Republican line and a conservative line that we should support. We, we really need to support their campaign so that they can get the message out. If, if the message is not out, we're going to lose. Every time I turn on the television, um, those guys have commercials. Now, what's the date of your fundraiser and the time again? Um, June 23rd is the first one, and it's at, from 530 to 9, and it's, it will be at BK9. BK9. The letter... Like B as in boy, K like in uh, Kappa, the number nine. Um, and what what day of the week is June twenty third? It's a Wednesday night. Okay. It's a Wednesday afternoon. We going to need all the support possible, all the support possible in order that we can uh, get the word out. And that's that's how we'll go right now, getting the word out, letting people know. Okay, we have different candidates running for office. One of the worst things that's happened to New York City is become a one-party system. Uh, that's actually not just um, New York City. The bl- African American people—that is the worst thing that could have happened to us. Whereas we are a one-party system. We uh, black people. We the majority of us vote Democrat. The majority, even though the Democratic Party has not done nothing for us. You see, Dr. Omar Johnson is complaining. They have him complaining about um, how Joe Biden is ignoring the black vote. Why shouldn't he? 
I'm you can take it for granted. Look, every year, ever since I was, I'm 49 years old. Ever since I was a little kid, this has been going on. Okay? Ever since I was a little kid. And, and it's the same issue. I've been following, I didn't just get up and say, okay, I want to run for office. No. I've been in a fight for a very long time. And that's what made me say, I'm not going to support the Democratic Party anymore. I walk across the Edmund Putman Bridge more than one time. I went to a historical black college. I not just go, went to, I graduated from my HBCU. I didn't just get up and say, okay, I, I want to do this. No, I'm fed up with the Democratic machine. Um, uh, shenanigans. Lying to people about what they're going to, what they plan to do. And once they get into office, they don't do nothing. And at some point, we have to make them pay. We have to let them know, okay, we want to have choices. That's why I love the Jewish people. You can't get away with that with them. They have people fighting on both sides. They have Republicans. They have Democrats. Black people, we're not like that, unfortunately. We have Democrats who are lying to us. Well, hopefully you can make a change and we're behind you. I'm going to need help from good people like yourself, people who's all about, they don't care. They just care about America. If you care about America, you want to support my campaign. You want to support my campaign and everything that I'm doing. Well said. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, they are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help, too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Thanks again to Constantine. And, you know, there was one comment that Constantine made, and I remember reading a a part of a letter published in Bill James' Baseball Historical Abstract, and it was from Jackie Robinson to John Kennedy. And he expressed the opinion that it would be better for the African-American black people, I think is the way he put it at that time, to be to go back and forth on elections, not to vote all Democratic or vote all Republican. It would not serve their interest, and it would be better that they had a two-party system. And to some extent, I think the same can be said today for New York City. 
it would be much better if we had a two-party system. Things are out of control, and the problem is we just, you know, people get upset at a current mayor or whatever who may be a, a Democrat, but they don't seem to change anything, and maybe it's about time to change. And maybe the change is not going to come in all at once this year, but maybe we can make gradual changes and change people's minds over time. Now, Michael, you talked to Fran. What what candidates are we interested in this year? Well, I mean, okay, first off, we've had, I mean, all our listeners know now between this week and last week, we've had two mayoral candidates on. We've had um, from the conservative party, we've had Bill Pepitone, and from the Republican party, we've had Curtis Sliwa, of course. And so, and that's, but besides that, and remember, New York City is not just the mayor. It's also the city council. And that is one of the reasons that we're giving a platform to people like Constantine Jean-Pierre or to Brian Fox. And I mean, there, there is just an incredible roster of people who are trying to break the two-party system here in New York. And, you know, already, of course, you've heard from Constantine, you've heard from Brian, but we've also got Mark Seskowitz, who's going to be coming in to interview with us soon. Um, we've got Ina Vernikov. We've got Eric Frankel. We've got Vanessa Simon. We've got Marvin Jeffcoat. And I mean, this is beyond just being people who are principled and have values that I think most of our audience agree with. This is also one of the, I mean, just stunning to see one of the most diverse uh, lineups of candidates that I've ever seen. Forget, forget from the right side of the aisle, from any party ever. And so, and, and I mean, but that's the thing. There are a lot of people, you know, as hopeless or as, or maybe not hopeless, but as difficult as it can get in New York City. It's very easy for us to forget that there are a lot of very good people who are willing to devote their time, their talent, and their resources to trying to make this a better place. So all we can do is just, you know, exercise as voters our power of discernment to try and seek out the best people that we can possibly find for these roles and and hope that they're able to stick to what they're trying to sell us, essentially. Okay, now, we've got to switch subjects a little bit because we've got seminars coming up at the, the end of July. So, Michael, where are seminars in July? All right, so our July seminars, and we look forward so much to seeing you in person again. I mean... Video seminars are one thing, but it's it's never really the same. We all know that. Um, okay, so Tuesday, July 27th, um, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m., we're at Marine Park at Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S. That's Marine Park, Buckley's, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m., Tuesday, July 27th. Wednesday, July 28th, we're in Maspeth, Queens, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. That's at Connolly's. 7117 Grand Avenue, Connolly's in Maspeth, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. on Wednesday, July 28th. Thursday, July 29th, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. here on our home turf, Bay Ridge at the Bay Ridge Manor, 476 76th Street. That's the Bay Ridge Manor, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m., Thursday, July 29th. And finally, Friday, July 30th, we will be at Bayside, once again, Queens, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Bayside, the Adria Hotel, 22117 Northern Boulevard, the Adria Hotel in Bayside, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Friday, July 30th. Now, if you want to, I'm sorry. No, 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 and if you want to, if you want to call ahead to make sure that you get a reservation, and so that we know what our numbers are going to be like, that's going to be just give us a call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. 
248-6500. Now, Dad, back to you. Okay, the admission is free to the seminars, and but we would like you to call because especially in today's world, we want to set up properly for the numbers of people that are coming in. So again, you're, everybody's welcome. It's free admission, but give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. If you go to the Bay Ridge Manor, if you come to Bay Ridge and and go to the seminar there, you can step over to the office, which is only like a block and a half away, and see the toy soldiers. Military miniatures. But, but, you know, I believe it or not, well, I obviously have to believe it. There are some people I see and they come in and they live in Queens or whatever and they come into the Bay Ridge office. And I say, well, why did you come in from, you know, Middle Village? You live in Middle Village. We have an office in Middle Village. Why do you come to the Brooklyn office? Because somebody told me that the military miniatures are in the Brooklyn office, and I wanted to see it. I mean, jokes aside, we have the Brooklyn office. We do. We try to. We try to set it up like a museum. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of fun stuff here. So, and we are always happy to see it here. So, so give us a call at seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. Let us talk about estate planning or see the military miniatures. We'll be on next week at the same time and stations. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining us. Heads bowed down We're gathered here on hallowed ground To sing this soul away Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.